Get ready to live happy and dine out as Orange County Restaurant Week returns. Running from March 3rd through the 9th, this is the best time of year to get out and experience all that the Orange County dining scene has to offer. Participating restaurants will be offering a wide variety of different menus for guests to enjoy, and a complete list of these can be found at ocrestaurantweek.com, along with other details. And don't forget, if you want the ultimate OC Restaurant Week experience, you'll need to get your tickets now for the OC Restaurant Week VIP party, if they haven't already sold out, that is. It's one of the biggest events of the year and a celebration of everything that is good with the Orange County dining scene. And be sure to tune in for a special episode of the Best Seats podcast featuring my top 15 menu picks for the 2024 Orange County Restaurant Week. This is one of the best celebrations of dining out all year long and one that is not to be missed. So once again, for a complete list of participating restaurants, their various menus, partner information, Restaurant Week VIP party information, and more, go to ocrestaurantweek.com. This episode of the Best Seats Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseats.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. What's up, everybody? Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode 134 of the Best Seats Podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality industry from right here in Orange County, where the show was recorded, to the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. As always, I'm your host, Croft McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. Thank you, as always, to my friend Allie Coyle, who provides the music for the show. You can find more of her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com. If you enjoy the show and you're listening to it on free feeds, whether that's Spotify, Apple, wherever, please consider leaving a rating and or a review, sharing it on social. It helps the show find new audiences. Don't forget that you can get more content just like this at TheBestSeats.com. But as always, the very best experience is only found at Patreon.com forward slash TheBestSeats, where so many of you support this show each and every month with your generous donations, whether that's the entry level at $2 up to the norm status of $15 a month, advertising, whatever it may be. Thank you for all your support over there. You get ad-free listening to each and every episode in perpetuity. You get exclusive access to the bonus episodes each and every time that we record, and you will also get a lot of other exclusive content coming as well. Um, This episode is coming out just a little bit after Valentine's Day. Um, It was recorded well before that. February got weird. I had some personal stuff that came up. Um, I had to go back east for a funeral. If you're out here in California, then you knew about the atmospheric river that we all experienced for a week, which basically was just a really, really cool way of saying that we got a ton of rain. Um, Still kind of a dope way to say it. Not going to lie. It sounds like it would make a mean cocktail, an atmospheric river on the rocks. But that being said, we are back now to regularly scheduled programming. Travel is done, thankfully, for now outside of work stuff. Um, And the scheduling is kind of settling into things, which is good because we got some cool stories to tell. We got a lot of cool stuff to catch up on, including what my guest for this episode has been up to recently and what he's got coming down the line. Because returning to the show for the third time is my friend, Zach Scher. You have listened to him before. Um, You know his work when he was over at Bellow doing the chef's table there. Zach is now out on his own. He is running his own pop-up series called Chrysalis. 
He is in the very early stages of setting up a brick and mortar. Depending on when you're listening to this episode, those stages may be coming closer. He may still be working on it, etc. But I wanted to sit down with him not just to talk about Chrysalis because he's somebody that, and my bias is, you know, up front. He's somebody that I consider a friend. Um, he's somebody that I've given, you know, deli awards to in the past for my little award show, the delis. He's somebody that I really respect, but what he's doing with Chrysalis, this is not just another pop-up, not that there's anything wrong with those, but he's not just doing burgers outside of a brewery. No, he's doing wild, wild stuff, even a little bit braver than I would say what he was doing at Bellow. He's taking this approach to hyper high quality ingredients and excellent technique and preparation, but still letting those ingredients shine in a way that's presented in this, you know, what 12 course tasting menu. That's really kind of this experience that you cannot get anywhere else. He's popping up all over the place. Um, I was fortunate enough to buy tickets to go to one of his dinners up at Everywhere Beer Co. Shout out to those guys. Um, he's done them in coffee shops. He's doing them in upcoming some restaurant spaces when they're closed on down days. And I thought it was important to sit down and talk about what this process has been like for him. I also wanted to sit down and talk about what it is like building this new restaurant and what this concept is going to be and really give a lot of people the first kind of insight into where this is going and what his approach is to it, um, what inspires him. So without further ado, let's jump right into it because you didn't come here to hear me talk. You came here to hear people just like Zach Scherer talk. So let's dive into it with episode 134 of the Best Seats podcast featuring chef owner of the current pop-up, which you should get tickets to, and the soon-to-be brick-and-mortar chrysalis, my friend, Zach Scherer. Enjoy. There's a handful of things in life that I know that I'm good at. Running a successful podcast, for one, a website, photography, menu consulting, etc. But one of the things where I need help is my gardening, specifically culinary gardening. It's one thing to have a nice succulent or a pretty plant to look at, but there's nothing like growing your own food, herbs, and more. That's why I turn to my friend and friend of the Best Seeds podcast, Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potage, for all things culinary gardening. She's an expert through and through who's worked with some of the best chefs and restaurants here in Orange County. Just She's talented, witty, incredibly smart, and a consummate professional through and through. Whether you're running a restaurant program, a craft cocktail program, or you just want to start growing some great food at home, she has everything you need and more. So to get more information, set up a consultation, or just to see some of the things that she's done in the past, check out heirloompotager.com for more information. Zach, welcome back to the show. I think this is your third time being on. Uh, first two times, obviously, we were talking about kind of chef's table and what you were doing previously, but now venturing out on your own with Chrysalis as your pop-up and down the road at some point, that's all obviously in the works, a brick-and-mortar restaurant. But in the meantime, I'm very glad to have you back on, having done the pop-ups myself um, and seeing what you're doing and obviously being a fan of your work. So God forbid anybody hasn't heard those first two episodes yet. Would you mind giving a quick introduction, a reintroduction for those that are back listening um, about kind of who you are and, and what you've been up to right now? Sure. Um, I'm... Currently, like you said, I'm doing these pop-ups under the name Chrysalis, but I've been cooking in Orange County for like 12 years. I started my, most notably at Playground, then recently at mm -hmm. Bello, doing that chef's table, like you said, doing a, like a 14 course. We're popping up around the county doing like side-by-sides with uh, creators and people we agree with, which has been fun. 
And then we're working, like you said, on that brick and mortar, which will also be named Chrysalis because I wanted to name the restaurant the most con- um, hardest to pronounce where you can you can think of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're working on a kind of a dual a dual concept space over in Costa Mesa. So it'll be a, uh, yeah, it's on, on the horizon, if you will. But yeah, we're, um, and then just the whole idea behind the pop-ups or in the food is just kind of making this modern tasting menu, modern, almost I'd say Scandinavian with some Spanish and Californian sprinkled in um, food experience that just kind of is something that is, I always like to say like internationally competitive. Yeah. Or like, you know, or nationally competitive where we're looking outside of the Orange County food scene, even looking outside of LA and seeing, you know, these food trends that maybe aren't met within Orange County and seeing how we can offer them because, you know, when I travel or when I go places, that's what I seek out. And then there's times when I come back here and it's really, it's harder to find. So I want to make sure like, well, why can't we be that space? So chrysalis, um, outside of being hard to spell and I'm somebody that sucks with spelling, like Grammarly is my best friend and arguably my app of the year every year. Um, a lot of people when they're kind of transitioning and they, even if they think that they want to do their own thing, a lot goes into opening a space. Um, and you're obviously in the throes of that as we speak. Um, when did it kind of come to you to be like, you know what, I want to do this. I want to take that food that I was doing. And like you said, kind of partner with those people that are kind of on your same wavelength as far as their businesses go. Um, you've done them at a handful of spots right now. I was fortunate enough to grab tickets when you did it up at everywhere beer co shout out to those guys. Um, and it was, truly a phenomenal meal was one of the best meals I had last year and one of the most memorable I've had period. Um, and, and you're somebody that I consider a friend. So people can take that with a grain of salt if they wish. I'm a little biased, but I'll admit that up front. How did it start for you to be like, you know, okay, there's a lot of, you could have gone somewhere else. You could have probably jumped in an exec chef somewhere or something like that. But you were like, no, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to strive out and do this. on my Yeah. And in a weird way, like, and this is and not to be disparaging or anything, but I feel like I'd worked, everywhere I wanted to work in Orange County. And that's not Mm -hmm. saying I'm better or anything. It's just like, you know, I've, I found, I worked with the people I wanted to work with. I've done things and I was kind of not confused as where to go next, but I was just like, okay, well, what is the next step? And I'm like, well, we've been saying doing something unique. We've had a very distinct voice doing the chef's table and kind of, there's been a response to it. So I, I, took a literally took a swing and was like kind of fuck it I'm gonna I'm gonna do pop-ups like yeah. I'm gonna see what it is and um it was kind of terrifying because I've never been a chef who's like all eyes on me please pay attention to my social media I I'm I'm um admittedly horrible at that side of the experience just because I'm not like really self-serving in that way but people came to the pop-ups and like that was uh and then I and I announced another one. I announced one and it sold out like in a day. And then I added more, and that one didn't sell out in a day, but it sold out in a couple of days. And I was like, "Well, shit!" Like, like I guess people like this, you yeah. know. So like I, I started it as like maybe I'll maybe I'll see what I can do. And then um, some some investors came to me like saying that they'd be interested in, in a project that I'd like to do. And I it's kind of gotten the ball rolling in that direction. And it's. It didn't, I didn't start out with that idea. I just kind of started out like, hey, um, maybe I'll do this. Maybe people will like it. Maybe they won't. And uh, people keep coming. And it's, uh, 
it's I, the the funny word is like it's always shocking it's like i you know people will tell me it's the best meal they've had i mean you're very complimentary i'll have people you know i just did a valentine we're right after valentine's day right now so i just did a valentine's day dinner where i had everybody everybody was ecstatic and really complimentary but like i'm always just terrified that nobody's going to come because i don't yeah. have a brick and mortar i'm i'm basically taking a shot in the dark right now being like hey we're going to do this please come and people buy it, you know, it's all ticketed. It's mainly through online. So it's not like I, you know, I have a guy waving a sign on the street where it's like, this is us. You know, it's like, no, um, people, it's, people yeah. have to kind of find you. Yeah. They have to know what and it's, um, for. it's, it's, it's spooky. Yeah. I mean, that's the way to put it. And it's, um, but somehow they generally always fill up and people always have a good time. So I'm really thankful that we're able to do that. And it's, uh, been, a fairly pleasant experience. I mean, um, going from a chef position where you have like a staff to being a, uh, effectively a one man operation with like a five hour contract employee working with you is a pretty fun jump. Um, just cause everything's your fault. You know, there's, sure, yeah, no, there's, there's nowhere to hide. There's yeah. no, nobody else does anything wrong. You're the only person who does things wrong and all that, which is, um, if you talk to some chefs is a relieving thing because, you know, people don't rely on people, but at the same time, there's no, um, there's no room for like any oversight as me. So it's, um, kind of been a, a learning experience, but in like a, and a humbling experience because it's, you know, that you got to kind of produce it and it's on your own. But, um, yeah, really excited to also move into the brick and mortar. Cause that'll be a really fun concept as well. Cause yeah, like I said, it's a little dual parter. Yeah. So. Well, again, you've kind of mentioned to me your goal for the space, um, and depending on how much you're willing to share, because obviously it's it's not, no pun intended, it's not concrete yet. You're still in the process yeah. of kind of finalizing the space, um, as we were kind of talking I mean, about before we hit record, but you do have a... Yeah, I mean, we can talk. It. We can talk dreams. I mean, I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, the, the concept for it because the concept right. conceptually sounds it's really cool. Patent pending, but uh, you know, <laughs> the the uh, it's a two parter. Um, obviously, we I do the tasting menus. Um, I am a person who knows a good amount of the business side of this, and I unfortunately don't think a high end tasting menu restaurant on its own would self sustain. So. We're doing a fun little two-parter because there are two parts of me and what I like. I'm a very musical person, so I wanted to figure out how to do a restaurant concept that leans on music. So about 70% of our restaurant will be actually a, almost like, I call it like a tapas bar, but it's not. It's uh, it's still going to be the same style of food that like New Scandinavian, Californian, or whatever the hell I call myself. Um, but we're going to have like a big hi-fi vinyl concept and a wine bar concept built into that with kind of curated wine and I'm, I'm going to say it weirdly, but like half proof cocktails. Um, I want to do something that's almost like Spanish where it's like cocktails based around sherries and house made vermouths, yeah, um, lower ABV kind of style. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's sort of by design. Um, liquor license are incredibly expensive right now. There's a, uh, a long legislation legislative reason why that happened during COVID. Um, Orange County lost a lot of its, um, kind of uh what, what would you call it it's uh entitlements to liquor license yeah. so the only way you can get one is peer-to-peer -peer, and they're very expensive they're yeah. yeah they're uh more than sports cars right now basically is yep, what, pretty much and it's it's cool well, i mean you know there are and there are people that can afford that out the gate i don't happen to be one of them right now so uh we're leaning into this really cool but like that but it's fun because it does give us the ability to look at what we're going to do and since i've been cooking and since i've been into it i found like 
kind of being inside of a box is when you come up with the coolest things. Um, you know, innovation or what is it? Necessity breeds innovation. Um, yeah. And it's like had me really think about it. And that's one of the things I do feel like is missing. And, you know, you can have these wine bars that are selling like, oh, like we got, you know, uh, they're what I call like people pleasing wine bars. And then you can have people who are like going far, far down the educational route. But like what I want to do is make something that's fun and that, that, you know, kind of scratches all the itches, but still has an identity that ties back to the food. So having like a boutique experience, low proof cocktails, a very strong vinyl and hi-fi presence to yeah. just make a space that like it's fun to be in. And that's like number one for me is like I want people to come into it and leave it happier than when they walked in the door. So that's always the goal. And then, as I said, that's 70% of it. And then 30% of it, we're going to have almost like a speakeasy that will be the tasting menu room offering the tasting menu four days a week. Um that will somewhere land between um, 10 and 16 courses. I haven't decided. Um, main thing is going to be price. Um, serving a 16-course menu of, like, premium ingredients costs a lot of money. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> like, I mean, it costs a lot of money for me. It costs a lot of money for the guests. Um, and it's just kind of deciding, like, what is appropriate. You know, it's um, – because if you, you can make – I mean, I can make it – I can serve a $400 – 16 course tasting menu and it's not that i'm like ooh, like we're making thomas like super you know tweezered out like i have 20 that's just like hey man to put this piece of tuna belly on this plate this is what it costs yeah, it like costs money yeah, yeah and um and that is something i want to be sensitive to because like it's it's a lot of money like I, I can't put it i can't put it any other way like there's and so it's looking at like where is the kind of price intersect what's the right what's the right number what is uh what do I think is going to give the best experience while still being kind of thoughtful to people's people's wallets? Cause uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I get it, you know, <laughs> like, but it's at the same time, it's almost like it's performative sometimes. So it's yeah, like, if you go, fair. if you go and watch the symphony, it costs a certain amount of money and that's not, it's not the symphony's fault. They have to pay everybody that has an instrument and everything costs the production costs a bunch of money. So it's like, there is a give and take. And, and the funniest part is, especially with like when you get into that $300 or $400 ticket price, like the assumption from the guests is that you're making like, you know, Oh, you gotta be making so much money. You're charging. And it's like, well, actually I make less money the higher this goes up. Cause I'm trying to make it worth that $400. Yeah. So if you're getting like almost an ounce of caviar throughout your meal, like that's costing me a lot to put that on a plate. But and if you don't like that, try going and buying caviar. Yeah, yeah, and, but then, and that's shock. the real of it. And that's not <laughs> to like, um, and it's hard because like you want to throw that in someone's face or like say that, but like it's you still want hard. to be accessible and you still yeah, want to be like, no, yeah. like please come try. Yeah, this. Like, yeah, I get and it's it. and you don't want to. Um, it's just it's and it is excessive. I mean, like yeah. not excessive. Like it's like the biggest, I guess, existential fight is fine dining is a luxury. Yeah. You know, it's a luxury. It's an experiential thing. You don't, you're not coming to a tasting menu to get full. You know, there's plenty of other options for that. Um, so it's like, okay, like you are, you know, it's like going to a concert. I always say, like I said, I'm, I'm very musically um, driven. So it's like you, you have to like kind of look at it like that. And like, where is the top? And like, yeah. what are people willing to pay? And so um, 
I don't want to get like too far down the business side of this because it's not. I don't think it's a very interesting conversation. But uh, no, that's fair. But I mean, I I I couldn't have you on and not talk about it, as, yeah. especially as we you know kind of inch closer to it. Um, whenever that opening may be. But let's pull it back to the pop up yeah. because those are still ongoing. Yeah. Um, at the time of this recording, like you said, you just wrapped up Valentine's Day. Um, down at what Bear Coast on Laguna Beach. Yep. You upcoming have I think this will by I think when this hits free feeds, when people are listening to this on Spotify or wherever, you'll just about have your pop up over at Blind Rabbit. Yep. And Packing House. Um, and then after that, you've got what the parlor. Yeah, over we're doing. In Tustin. Yeah, we're par- pairing up with the parlor. Parlor at Stafford Prime. Uh, Jimmy over there, who's the owner. Uh, they run like a really cool business, but they, they run it so coolly that they're actually closed on Saturdays. So I'm trying, I've been trying to work out a two month, uh, two days a month or two Saturdays a month. Sorry, I, I don't speak English. Um, two Saturdays a month, I'll be doing the, the tasting menu there and we've kind of leaned it around. I'm calling it like a wine social. So we'll have, instead of a designated pairing, there will be kind of a choose your own adventure pairing where we'll have a bunch of different wines offered. And as the guest, you can kind of get up and make your decision if you will and uh, kind of encourages people to talk to each other too which I think is the coolest part of the pop-ups is that it's this curated group of people that are deciding to do something a little different yeah and generally when they do that everybody that comes like you know has something in common when they're all there it's not like they all decided to go to like Javier's on a Tuesday or something. And they're like, oh, we're all here. Like these are people that sought out this experience. So they have that commonality between them. Most of them love food. Most of them really want to experience something. So when you get like 16 people that like that, they all have a good time. Like I've never, I've never done one of these pop-ups where I'm like, shit, like, you know, like two people had a good time, but like eight people just seem miserable, you know, like everybody has a good time. So it's like trying to even like push that like sociable part of it a little bit more to where people are kind of almost forced to interact and talk to each other about yeah. things is uh, it's fun for me. And it also like it really adds a value to the guests and it makes it so it's something that people remember a lot more because they it's almost always communal seating and they get to have a good time. So, yeah, it's long winded. But, yeah, we're doing this cool dinner at the parlor. It's 10 courses. Um I guess five wines. It could be 10. We're going to have, you know, I think we're going to have 10 unique bottles of wine there that you could either try or, you know, you could stick to two if you want to be that guy and just drain one bottle of wine on your own. But, um, (laughs) no shame in the game. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, yeah. But it's like, you know, it's trying to just make it a little choose your own adventure because you get to. That's the coolest thing about the pop up is it's a effectively a one shot that we get to do something different and new and, we get to see, hey, that worked, and people liked it. Maybe we should do it again. Or like, well, you know, that wasn't the most – on my side, I, I stress immensely, and I think about this way too much. Um, I'll be like, well, shit, like, we should never do that again. Like, that was a <laughs> – like, people were happy. It was a good meal, but holy shit, like, that was like – I'm cooking in – I think, uh, you know, one of the most recent ones, we uh, just I, – I was cooking outside on wood, and it was during December – and it was very, very rainy, um, and people had bought tickets, so I'm not canceling it. But I was like, literally, like I, I described it as like the end of Back to the Future Two, where the, like the the postman walks up and he's just the wettest any human could be. Um, that was me cooking this dinner. Um, well, just and I like I'm very big believer of the show must go on, but at yeah. the same time, I'm like, ah, maybe like an out, a full outdoor event 
that we moved indoors, but I was outdoors then getting wet as shit. A full outdoor <laughs> um, event in December is probably a Just bad slipping idea. slipping and sliding in, trying to uh, present the dish. Yeah, uh, yeah, dude. I was like, well, the thing is, I'm like, like soaking wet. Yeah. And I'm like sitting there being like acting like I'm not. While these like people are like <laughs> everybody just forming yeah, around you, yeah. Every I'm like pig pen but wet, and so you know, and everybody um very very um obviously felt really bad for me, but I was just like, ah, it's fine. It's just a little bit of water, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just a just a little pneumonia. Um, no yeah, well, it, yeah. So I survived, but it was just like. Like, okay, well, let's, uh, let's be a little smarter about like when we, you know, like, where do I go if there's like, cause like we didn't have a rainy weather plan cause I'm yeah. just like, it's Southern California. How much does it really rain? You know, like and then we get an atmospheric river. So, yeah. yeah. Um, that said like, yeah, that's the fun of it is like, so we're, like you said, we're doing one with blind rabbit that just came up with the idea of like, why the fuck not? They've never done a dinner like that. They, their food program is exists, but it's not yeah. that it's not, um, not something that's trying to push the boundaries and i just approached them like why don't we and they said okay so it's like i'm it's kind of coming up with these ideas that are mutually beneficial and just kind of swinging at it and that's the funnest part of the pop-up is like you kind of get to be like um i want to say entrepreneurial but that's a funny word um but you get to just kind of go for it and take risks and people will come and they have a good time if you do your job right but yeah. it's also like okay what what can we do what what do people want and you get to just kind of like literally dartboard your your concept and it gets supported or it doesn't and then you go okay i guess people don't want like a uh, neo-russian blah 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 you know like <laughs> neo-russian uh non-alcoholic pairing dinner or something you know yeah. like no, we're but, just uh, we're doing all like awful, but with a <coughs> cyberpunk vibe. Yeah. It's gonna get real. Yeah. Like, so I mean, but you know why? Fuck it. Why not? Like that's the thing, and that's that's the the funnest part, I guess, of this business is sometimes is like it's like it's like, it's like porn. There's always yeah. something for everybody. Yeah, but yeah. also Something's like gonna be down. Um, <laughs> that is, I guess, the way that we run. We're gonna. I mean, that's the way I'm gonna run Chrysalis in general. Is like, I'm gonna do things I think that people want to do. And if they don't get supported, then I go, oh, well, shit, like we should have, we should have, okay, we you should adapt adjust. And adjust. Yeah. But like at the same time, like you can't go into it scared. You can't like trying to, and that's, I think the biggest um, failing sometimes, especially in like SoCal restaurants is people are like, well, this is what people want. And then you decide what people want. Yeah. And by looking at what's supported already, like Houston's as busy as shit. Right. Um, I, I could look at Houston's and say, okay, I'm just going to open that, but like a little different and that exists and yeah. it's probably supported too. But like, why not look at something like that doesn't exist and fill that space? Yeah. And that's, that's the main thing. And maybe it's cause it's support non-supported and I'm a big idiot for even thinking I should do it. But in my, my experience so far with the pop-ups and even just what I've done in my career, that's not the case. It's that it's missing. So it's like, how do you fill that gap? There was a chef. Um, he's he's now in uh, Florida. Zach Gearson, who uh, friend of the show, which really longtime listeners may know. Insanely good cook. Yeah, insanely <laughs> good. Um, he was one of my very first guests early on, and we were talking about kind of again the restaurants that he ran and, and Journeyman's was kind of his up in Fullerton that uh, people may remember. But I talked to him one time, and he said that he spent a week and he found online every menu for every restaurant in Orange County that basically kind of within like a range of of genres. And he 
like cross compared, and this is just his level of neuroses, which is why he's a really good cook. He cross compared every menu, and he was like, eighty percent of these items are all the same. Yeah, and it's just it, you're right. But you can go to Houston's and have a fine time. You can go to a restaurant that's a little different, just a little, and yeah. have a fine time. And then another one that's just yeah, a little. All, I, funnily but, enough, they're all within like a five mile circle of each other <laughs> that are. you could. Yeah, but what's well, how many yeah. riffs can you put on a salmon salad? But that's like, the same thing as like Kiss FM, right? Yeah, they're playing Fair. the same. BPM of a song with basically played in G major or C major all day long. Yeah. Um, if somebody different sings it, somebody, there may be a different X, Y, Z, but effectively it's the same song. It's pop. Yeah. You know, and that's, um, that's the thing that I look at as well. And this is an analogy I've made to my business partner. This is an analogy I've made to investors is like, I, I like death metal. I think you know that I'm wearing a Lorna Shore shirt. It's I was going to say, I actually literally thought it was a chrysalis shirt for yeah, a minute. No, looking at like the tree uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but so Lorna Shore, very hard death metal band. They toured with Mastodon and Gojira and they sold out, um, I think not staples, but the forum, right? Yeah. This is, this is a death. These are death metal, hard bands. Yeah. Um, my grandma would never, or has never heard of these bands. Um, if I go to Javier's right now and sit at the bar and talk to every bar patron at that bar, I will guarantee most of them have never heard of these bands, but they're selling on an arena. Right. Mm -hmm. So that means that there is an audience for it. you do not have to be pop to sell out an arena. That's fair. Yeah. So that's how you kind of have to look at what you do. And that's how I look at what we do. And what we're trying to do is, we are not pop. We're not trying to be pop. It's okay though. There yeah, is an audience for, for someone, us. Then that's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> There's an audience for pop. Taylor Swift is a huge pop star. Sells out. She's on fucking and, everything and right now. Good for her. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like my point is that there is a, a huge customer base mm -hmm. for that. But there are people who don't want to listen to pop. Yeah, hundred percent. And we are the restaurant for people that don't want to listen to pop. I'm not saying I'm gonna you know be in like doing my best Sex Pistols impression and like smashing my guitar at the Golden Foodies or whatever the hell we're you know what I'm saying like <laughs> but the idea is like we're just providing as something that's something for that's not for that pop listener and <clears throat> I acknowledge it and that's what I want to be yeah you know and it's I like that. It, it's okay and like even the location we pick it's not I'm not on you know the peninsula on the mm -hmm. strip or whatever you know, paying a gajillion dollars a square foot to be somewhere where I'm going to have five foot traffic because I'm worried that if I have somebody walk in, that's just a off the street person. Maybe they like pop and they're not going to have a good time. Yeah. So it's, there's a lot of considerations to what we're doing, but that's the real, the realness of it. We are not that we are trying to be something for the person who is seeking something out to be different. Um, I hope better. It's not saying anybody's bad, but it's it's more saying like, hey, we're pushing ourselves to be something mm -hmm. that's different and offer this experience that's more unique for you. Um, that's a great way. To, that's that's yeah. a great metaphor. Yeah. yeah, I think that's wonderful. Um, and I can completely see why the investors are on board for it. Yeah, uh, yeah that's perfect. Um, I want to talk about the process of the pop-ups, though. Sure. Because you mentioned, you know, you like kind of working with people that you kind of align with and identify with, whatever those different reasons may be. Um, you know, I mentioned, obviously, the dinner that I was at was up at Everywhere. We talked Bearco's. We talked Parlor. Um, now, Parlor's kind of a different one because that is an existing restaurant yeah. space. Indoor, uh, well, like the Parlor one, too, there's not really a lot of collab there. Yeah. Um It's more just I was like, hey, well, what do you guys think? You guys are closed on this day. Could I please? Yeah. How do you... How have you gone about so far since you launched this finding people to work with? And then, because you were talking about how you were cooking outside in the rain yeah. for one of the dinners. How do you then find the logistics of like, okay, I'm going to be cooking like here. I'm going to put a grill over there. Yeah, like, I mean, put the seats here. some of it is um, 
pure um, luck or skill that that's happening. And it's not the saying like, oh, I'm this great cook. It's just more I've done it for long enough that like, yeah, I'm like, well, fuck it. Okay, this is how it's going. Um, but when it comes to like the partnership side, it's more I've been really blessed in this industry to find people that think like me. And there are there are a, few, a, a lot of them um, that really care about what they're doing. And I just it's been as easy as just having a conversation and being like, Hey, why don't we try this? Like, why don't we go and see if this works? Why don't we go and X, Y, Z. And some of it's even friends of mine approaching me and be like, Hey, would you think it'd be cool? And it's mainly just coming up with an idea and, and executing it. Um, always I, I, you know, most of these places don't have kitchens like the yeah. everywhere you one came to, I cooked everything over wood. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's once we kind of decide what we're doing, that's, conversation number two like okay where am i cooking and i've like accrued um stuff you know i have like induction circular uh, immersion circulator wood grill and it's writing menus based on where i am you know and i did yeah. like a private dinner on the like 18th floor of a law firm in one of their conference offices while they were in <laughs> another and i'm cooking all electric and i also can't make like a bunch of kerfuffle because i'm in an office so they don't want like you know there's no like you know hood or anything so um i write the menus to the equipment we're cooking on and it's um again like i'll go back to like working into a box makes you a little more creative it's still an eight course or ten course meal so it's not like i'm like oh shit i don't have a way to cook meat we're not going to do it i go okay well like at bear coast i'm cooking off induction in a place that makes like you know avocado toast usually right yeah so um i'm like but i served you know duck and venison but like the duck we cold smoked before it then sous vide it then we just had to render out the skin and crisp it up um and it comes out fantastic and you wouldn't know because we're introducing these ideas to it that make it replicate what it would be like if i had like i just cooked it over a bean show or over wood the whole time right mm-hmm. um so it's just like some logistical considerations that we make along the way and just kind of think of like, well, how do I do that? And like the same thing, you know, like the blind rabbit one, you know, we're cooking, I'm cooking like literally like a hundred feet away because they have a kitchen that's smaller than the room that we're doing this podcast in. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not a big space. <clears throat> no, it's, t- it's I mean, It's tiny. been a minute since I've been there. Shout out to yeah. them. Um, but yeah, I haven't been there since um, like... But it's, you know, and but that's what it is. And yeah. it's, but it's also saying yes to these things one of the biggest like um my biggest beefs sometimes that i've had throughout my time in this industry is like um we get our asses kicked um people are generally tired that are in this industry Mm -hmm. and then build up this propensity to say they can't do something or say no when really it's like how much harder is it you know what i'm saying like we're already working we're already kind of yeah so like let's try it like so that's kind of what it comes down to is like well, there is no no in these situations. There's just, you have to figure out how to make it work. So it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm cooking in the pouring rain or cooking a hundred feet away and we're going to put everything on carts or like I'm cooking, yeah. you know, and on, on a conference table, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but you, man, that next meeting in that room must've smelled awesome. Yeah. I, that's what the other thing I had to like be cognizant of that. So it's like, <laughs> um, but it's like that, like you have to kind of make it work. And you have to be okay with making it work and not get in your own way. And sometimes there are, and this, I'm, I'm actually, it's funny. I'm like the least guilty of this person, even though I make the fine dining, but like, especially with fine dining chefs, there's this like level of control you have that where you're like, well, everything has to be this way. And I can't make good food unless I have this. And like, um, 
I would say probably five years ago, I, I, I fell into that core category, but even the past year doing these pop-ups, it's like, well, okay, but I can, like, I just got to make things like effectively, I have to figure out ways to make things hot. Like, yeah. and there's a shit ton of ways to do that. Like, so it's like, well, what avenue do I need to take? And, you know, and it's like, what do I need to do? What are the thoughts? And then like back into the consideration. Say, there's people on TikTok like cooking fish on like the ironing boards in yeah. the Motel 6. Yeah. Like, I mean, it were, I mean, fuck, it, it's cooked. Is that one a little gross? Yeah, right. but no, it I is mean, cooked. It's, <laughs> it, but it's funny because even before, like I would always do weird shit. Like there was a point where I had um like a little, I forgot what restaurant it was, but we built like a pedestal. That we had a hotel pan full of Bermonte sitting under a heat lamp, and we would drop scallops into it, and they would basically that Bermonte was getting held at one fifty under the heat lamp, so they would like slow, slow push in this poach in this butter, and they'd be these medium rare poached scallops that are cooking under a heat lamp on the line, <laughs> but you're doing it because you don't have the cooking space behind you. And nobody in the dining room's like, oh, well, these scallops are really good, but now that I know they're cooked under a heat lamp, I don't yeah. want to pay for it. They just know that they're on the plate and they taste good. So who, who gives a fuck how you got there? So it's like those considerations are kind of what what this is about. And like it's pushing the limits of like not creativity in the sense of like, hey, what can I put together? But like, um, like, it's like res resourcefulness. Yeah. Like of just being like, well, I have to do this. I yeah. want to do this. There is How no do choice. There, yeah. Like I've also, by the time I've sometimes had to consider this, I've sold out. So I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> like I <laughs> have committed. I have 16 people that are paying me for this. How do I do it? I got bills to pay. So yeah, let's figure yeah, it I out. Do enjoy, yeah. Money is unfortunately one of the main reasons I, I do my job is because I enjoy it. So, um you know, how do we, how do we make it work? So, um, has this, so it, it's sitting down again, this is your third time being on the show. Um, you and I chat pretty regularly, even if it's just kind of bullshitting on Instagram or something like that, just chatting today, you have a, re you seem like you have a renewed energy has doing these pop-ups kind of given you, I, I guess through going through all this resourcefulness and ingenuity and okay, I'm going to be in this coffee shop this time. I'm in an empty restaurant space this time. I'm in an office building this time. Has it kind of reignited kind of a, a fire in some ways? Yeah, like I mean, this is definitely, I've, I'm doing, like, it's my band now, I guess is yeah. the best way to put That's it. Fair. Like, um, you know, for a long time, I've always been, like, the guy who's helped somebody else out or, like, not helped somebody else, but, but been a part of somebody else's dream. Yeah. And this is the time where it's, like, I do have, like, a side-by-side -side partner in this one when it comes to creativity, and we can talk about that in a second if you want. But, um... It's a, uh, it's a time where it's like, well, this is my vision. I get to do what I want. I kind of have like full control of it, which is, you know, a very chefy way to be. I'm so happy because I get to be in charge, but, um, there is something to that though. When there's so many things that are, at your um, it, it feels like I'm doing the right thing, I guess is the best way to put it. And not like in a morality kind of way, but like, you know, um, if you do follow me on Instagram, I post a shit ton of Rick Rubin stuff and I listen to his yeah. <laughs> and follow it. But it's like, you know, it's almost like this Dharmista, like Dharma, where it's like you're you're kind of you're falling into a space where you feel like you should be. And this is like the most I've felt like that in a while. Um, there is uh, and it's the most I've felt like comfortable with doing what I've done in a while. So I guess there is that to it. I also like am not working. I do work a lot for these, but like my schedule is so weird that I'm not just like on the normal chef grind right now. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be it. I get to like sleep like a normal human being sometimes. Yeah, that's got to be nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not 
it it's you know it's it's a very it's basically I want to say it's like touring. I the closest thing <laughs> I could fair. guess to like a band touring where it's just like you're really tired for the time that you do it. Then you get some downtime and you kind of re-energize. Then you get back to it and you work like sixteen or eighteen hours in one day and then you're like, oh, I'm really tired again. But then you re-energize and you get to you know so. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's been, it's, it's a, it's a blast. I don't I, I'm, I'm probably going to miss it a lot once I have the brick and mortar going and I'll like, <laughs> I'll pine, I'll wax poetically on it, but it's a, it's a, it's a fun ass time. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do have more questions, um, including about kind of the creative process and a couple of musical questions and things like that. But I want to wind down this main episode, um, and I'm going to save those questions for a bonus episode, which people can find over on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash the best seats. Um, in the meantime, though, if people want to follow you on Instagram, if they want to find tickets for um, upcoming pop-ups, um, those, are, those are all hosted on Talk. Yes, right? sir. Okay. So I have, um, in my personal Instagram, which is share Zach, my name, S C H E R E R Zach or enter dot chrysalis. Um, that has the link to our talk page. That talk page is like a live link always. So if anybody ever wants to check it, I, I update it. There are things that are marketed mm -hmm. and linked back to it. There are things that will be on there that are not yeah. our dinners that like, are just like, Hey, we have tickets for sale, but you know, our partner wanted the partner we're doing the dinner with wanted to sell the majority. So yeah, you yeah, can yeah. always check them out and see what's available. Um, I think we usually have about five events on there at once. So like we should have plenty of dates, but that's the best way to check us out. That's awesome, man. Um, well, like I said, I'm going to keep you around for a bonus episode because um, I have more questions, but I want to thank you for coming back. Um, I want to thank you for taking the time driving down, um, coming to this kind of studio that we're borrowing and, sitting down and, and being so candid about it. I'm beyond excited for the brick and mortar whenever that does come. Um, and just excited to continue to support and <clears throat> excuse me and, and watch you grow and God willing, unless the tickets sell out, go to another pop-up. Yeah, so man, I'd be stoked to have you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Zach for taking the time to let me interview him. Um, shout out to the the uh, Orange County Restaurant Association, by the way. They were nice enough uh, to let me borrow their studio space for um, tacotuesday.com, where we filmed the Taco Tuesday podcast, which I'm a co-host of, um, which you can go check out over at tacotuesday.com. But shout out to them for letting me use the space to sit down with Zach and record um, again. Most of the time I go to somebody's place of business to record with them and pop-ups, that's kind of hard. So shout out to them for letting us take the time to do that. Shout out to everybody on Patreon who supports. Shout out to everybody on free feeds. You got a puppy in the background barking. I don't know if that's coming through the mic, but hey, it's time to go take him for a walk. It's time for you to move on with your day. Thank you to my advertising partners. Be safe out there. Don't drink and drive. Tip your bartenders, and I will see you soon. Take care. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash The Best Seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, aka norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. John Sanchez, Zach Scher, Loco Lipo, Burrito No Rito, Eric Lutz, Jay Baker, Tim Swine, Burgermeister. Thank you for your support. 